have to ask all this. Oh, wait. Marker. <laughs> Marker. <laughs> We already get into it? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, usually he'll just start recording and not say anything. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> and I, I pick a random place to, re- to actually start the episode. Sure. And, and it's normally like in the middle of a story. And my favorite part is how you start the episode and intersperse talky talk into the theme music. It's great. I, I do. Yeah, I like. I, I like really that. appreciate that too. It's a nice touch. Y'all remember Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? Wait, wait, wait. Before you get off on a tangent. Welcome, <laughs> on a tangent? Welcome, listeners. Well, we don't even know if we're starting yet. <laughs> well, then why would you go off on a tangent if we're not starting? <laughs> Fair enough. Welcome, people. Whatever. Welcome all to the Tuesday Suck Podcast. This is episode number three. Number three. <laughs> I'm um, Ken. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we normally do introductions like at the thirty-minute point. I know we're <laughs> trying to improve. No, we're not. You're trying to improve. I'm not trying to improve. As long as one of us is working at it, then it's fine. Is this the kind of professional operation where I need to stay quiet until you guys introduce me? I'm happy to do that. I don't mind. <laughs> I, for that, one, that's, object that's to some... the use of the term professional. <laughs> <laughs> that does have a little some some flashbacks, though, right? That <laughs> have to, the guest has to be quiet until they're introduced. Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of episodes that way, so I just wanted to check the format no, before no, I really no. start talking over everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not going to uh, introduce you, so. <laughs> thank God for that. Uh, I'm Paul. Anonymity. Um, we have a special guest that I'm going to continuously call you Thrash because I have to. I have to think about your real name. It's a cooler name. I'm fine. I don't with think this. I actually know your real name, <laughs> so that's cool. That is cool. <laughs> it's Jake, right? It is Jake. I yes. Was, oh, I was a man of mystery for a seven solid <laughs> seconds there, and it felt so good. I was second guessing myself. I was off the grid for almost ten seconds. Yes, it is Jake. You can call me either Jake or Thrash. I don't mind either, but yes, I, Thrash is yeah. a, a great nickname, so I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right, so we have our special guest, either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like obviously we've known you as Thrash Thrash Putin for much, 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 much longer than uh that we've known you as jake in fact i 
Yeah, we learn now that Ken did not know you as Jake at all. Right. I think Ken knew me by a few different names before Jake, which is even better. I knew it was a J. That'll work. But now I'll never forget because I'll just <laughs> don't get, you wearing Thrash, don't get excited about talking about a J. <laughs> hey. <laughs> what you got you guys talking about doing a show? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my initial, of course. Let me put this out. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um all right. Well, once it's lit, man. Okay. I I I, I, I want to <laughs> tell no you quitter. the story, um, but then we're, we'll we'll get into like how we know Jake and all. But yes, please. So I was just working on this, like right before we started. I was looking around in my files because I've lost I've lost a file, and it's very upsetting to me. It's it's um it's a draft of the novel that I've been working on. And it looks like I've probably lost a couple of chapters, but that's okay. That's okay. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is I found an MP3 of when I was, I was take I was taking music off of, um, Dr. Horrible sing along blog when it came out. And so I like set up to record and, uh, and it, it would like, uh, you know, to, to get the songs off of it. Do y'all remember this thing? I don't know if I'm familiar with this in particular. Oh, okay. All right. So Dr. Horrible sing-along blog was back 12-ish years ago. I don't know. Okay. But it was it was during the writer's strike in Hollywood. And so Joss Whedon did this, like, YouTube musical oh with, yes with like felicia day and i do felicia know about day. this okay. yeah yeah all right so um there's a song called freeze ray and i really love this song um and and so i was like man i should like this would be fun to like learn for a music stream right and yeah. and it's it's very very simple it's not complicated none of the songs are but they're they're good songs um i have I've practiced this song multiple times and there's a line that's, you know, with my freeze ray, I can stop the world. And when I'm singing it, I cannot not say with my freeway, I will stop the world. <laughs> and now I'm never going to be able to sing this song because I, I cannot sing it right. Does it have something to do with living in Houston? <laughs> Well, I'm out of Houston now. I should be free know, of the freeway. There long enough. It's you know, right? Green. Yes. <laughs> well, look, uh, Weird Al can't be the only one, you know, plowing the fields of parody. You, you have every right to. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounded oddly sexual. Way you to go, know Weird me Al. enough, right, Ken? <laughs> plowing the fields of parody. Just gonna Maybe be you a have lot that of thing going sexual on with things probably said tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was it? Somebody, I, I almost like, I was so tempted on Twitter today. It was, it was talking about, um, uh, you know, there's, there's some, there's some controversy, controversy about Madonna that's popped up because she looks like an alien now. Oh yeah. And, and she has come out and say, well, the reason y'all are all making fun of my looks is because of ageism and misogyny. And it's like, no, it's cause you look like a freak. Yeah, it's just the uh -huh. looks. Trust us, Madonna. <laughs> right. I mean, we're and, still ageist and misogynistic, but that's coincidental. That's right. not the reason. <laughs> well, and uh, so, so, anyways, I, somebody had posted something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was about her not 
like, you know, really turning into just like this bitter old woman. And we, you know, we didn't really like see that in her early on in that sort of thing. And I almost typed in there. It's like, well, there was that one time where she had Weird Al Yankovic assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided not to because either either people would get it or be very confused and look it up and have the movie spoiled. Like we just spoiled the movie for listeners. <laughs> you can edit in a spoiler alert, right? Truncated. No, seven. no, <laughs> no, no there's, like there's no, there are, there are, there's no editing of this except <laughs> oh, that. I appreciate that. Well, then. okay. Yeah. I take that. I take that back. Cause I, I was reminded of, um, Ken is very active when he's recording. So I'll, I'll, I'll take out some background noise at times. He's enthusiastic. Yeah, that does have to happen. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. All right. Jake, so we've got what, an issue what, going on. First of all, priorities, man. Don't worry about the guest. Yeah. My I'm, issue okay. is, I'm, I'm fine. I, you guys get to hand. Get the my business issue hand. is, I am currently thirsty. <laughs> oh, shit. Where's my... Ah, oh, here it is. I got my beer. I got my beer ready. That's very good. Yep. The forms must be adhered to. Thrash, you got something to drink? I'm I'm grabbing my glass right now. Excellent. All right, what y'all got? Are we not drinking first? I'm... Well, no, we have to do it concurrently. Well, I know. I thought we were going <laughs> to concurrent first, and then. Well, I guess okay. we could. <laughs> this is episode three. We should have all these things locked down at this point. <laughs> this is not. Com- We've spent so much time prepping, and then everything falls apart. And the all right, well then, the fuck day. you all. I'm drinking. <laughs> Wait, oh, okay. Right, well, your glass I'll take, I'll take a assumption. Go. I'll take a sip. Here we go. Ah, very good, very good. I um, this, I like I I only this is my second to last brown eyed girl. So next recording, I want to have something different. Um, um, you've done good with that six pack then. Uh, much faster than normal. Yeah, I am. Um, hashtag she said. <laughs> <laughs> What do you got? Uh, I'm drinking a, uh, a, a, a from a bottle of wine that I got for my birthday. Uh, it's a white Chardonnay called Churn. I'm not usually a wine guy, but uh, I've been, you know, getting older and wiser. And much like a grape, the older they get, the better they taste, apparently. And uh, this is not bad. I'm enjoying it. Until they get old and shriveled. That just like me. Then they're only <laughs> good covered in chocolate. <laughs> Well, then it can only get better from here. But yeah, True. not bad. Good potency as well, if you know what I mean. Nice. So I didn't have time to pick anything up, but I dug in the bottom of the freezer, and I had a Daly's frozen margarita mix. Ooh, oh, very nice. Yeah, hey, I like that. I had a really good house margarita with some fajitas late, uh, recently, like in the last few days. And uh, some of the best fajitas I've ever had. That that margarita was just like one of those fish bowls. So it was it was damn good. Nice. All right, continue on with your story. <laughs> Thrash, I was, I was just going to ask, like, who are you? What? Do you, why are you here? That's a great question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm honored to be here, and honestly, I'm surprised I haven't been kicked out yet. Uh, but no, I think I'm surprised uh, you actually showed up. Hey, I know, me too. You like uh, unlike unlike all of my other friends, Ken included. You have like a life and like real life friends and family who care about you. 
it's funny. I, I've been lucky and very fortunate in that regard. But yeah, the, the very first job I got was at a, a place that it was previously called Electronics Boutique, uh, now known as EB Games, or uh, even probably something different at this point. <laughs> but I remember uh, them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of my good friends who I play tabletop games, uh, board games, and, and card games with frequently, uh, shout out to Clay, uh, was my assistant manager. He's only a few years above me. It was my very first job. I worked at a mall, and uh, I've been lucky enough to stay in touch with a lot of that crew. So, yes, I do somehow have real-life nerd friends that I also <laughs> have to juggle playing tabletop games with, along with you guys, which is how I met you, um, through, a, a, I believe, former guest of the show and a mutual friend, Dice Jail Jin. You, uh, you, are the first, you were the first game, guest of the show. Oh really? I could have well, sworn. I mean, we, I mean, we had pre-existing episodes that are gone now, but they're gone they're, now. Okay, this wiped. Is, but yes. Yeah. So I'm very honored. Then that's incredible for the, especially yeah. for the return and, and what now exists as uh, Tuesdays suck, which I'm a, a, a fan. So uh, third time listener, uh, first time caller. Great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, and that was like, and that was that was that was really funny because we, because, uh, and it was. It was really uh, Jen's episode he, with us on Tuesday right. Sucks that got her into Dungeons and Dragons in the first place. Oh, wow. we, used, we used to have this thing where all of our guests, we would have them create a character themselves. Like they would rank their their own stats, like intelligence and strength and stuff. <laughs> oh, and that's then, great. And then and then she was she was like, Okay, I have a character. What are we gonna do with it? And I was like, Oh no, that's the game. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> No, you win. <laughs> uh, but that's. Uh, but we were in. Um, you know, we 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 were in this podcast called Dice and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, still going, <laughs> but um, she got on. She got on that, and then she started uh, DMing Strahd, and then she invited us on as as cameo that no one would get except her. But it right. was all to entertain her, which was kind of great, and and I we we had a ton of fun, but. Um, and, and we didn't know this at the time. We thought that you were one of the regular, or at least I, I thought you were one of the regulars and were friends with Jen, but you were filling in that day. And I did not know that. And, um, so I, I had thought of you for a long time, like early in our friendship is like, Oh, that's Jen's friends. Who's now become my friend. But no, you're my friend that Jen also became friends with us. This has been one of my favorite parts about playing with you guys is the tug of war of friendship. It's it's very very flattering. <laughs> we, we are very possessive. <laughs> yeah, and I'm fine with that. And again, I, I'm I'm glad I could uh, make it today and fight off my real life friends to hang out with uh, people <laughs> I truly enjoy. Like it's so it's been incredible to uh, to get to play with you guys in the different games and and also just be added to uh, subsequent games like Montblanc's and Necromancer. Uh, it's yeah, it's just so much fun like you guys know me at this point as more of a character than anything but i think the best parts about those games and our dynamic is that i'm just you know me i'm a silly person i will be as silly as i possibly can but also i wear my heart on my sleeve and it's it's a really good dynamic to play with you guys in that setting but i'm again you're you're exactly right i was substituting for a high school friend of my sister's my sister is also in that Jin strad group 
And she, we were having, we were just, you know, coincidentally vacationing at the beach that week. And so we were in the same house and she was like, would you fill in for Anna? She can't make it. You just have to play a paladin. And I honestly felt like that was one of my stiffest D and D games of all time, because I was playing a different character. It felt like I was in someone else's skin and I mm-hmm. couldn't really commit to the the group dynamic in a way that I like to, uh, that you guys have, have seen since we've started playing more regularly. But yeah, it's, it's such a cool way to meet. And I, I'm truly yeah, grateful yeah. for that. Well, the funny thing, it, it also the funny thing about you know um, that is uh, you know later I was invited back to play another NPC in one of Jen's games and uh, spent the entire time hitting on your sister. I know, and I had to sit there <laughs> in character, which I yeah. which I quickly made that character angry at the fact. <laughs> I think I tied it in naturally. No, but it was perfect. It made me truly laugh so hard. And my sister was honestly doing much more of the uh, initiating. Oh, no, no, no. Like, no, your sister's character. And I don't know your sister. Like, and and I'm not asking, but uh, your (laughs) sister's character, as as many D&D characters are, Mm -hmm. you know, there there are certain archetypes in D&D. Yeah. And your sister's character was horny. Oh yeah, she's playing a bard. Which yeah, honestly, oh, so she, yeah, she's the, she's the horny bard. She's yeah. the horny bard. It makes perfect sense to me. So it's one of those great out of body experiences where you know I commit to a character. Like when I'm playing Blinsky <laughs> or Chowder, the most fun about those things is I can just dive in and not have to think as Jake or Thrash for like however long. I just yeah. have the imp- the I have the impulses of what I think this character would do, and it's very natural to get into the rhythm of that. But it's so funny when you point out exactly what you you just said where i am also an older brother of at this <laughs> in this context a horny bard who has every right which is also they're very engaging funny scenes so at the same time i'm like sighing deeply because i'm like this is good for the plot this is plot forward and it's honestly making the, the entire party charming but damn it that's my sister and stop it <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like a slip and slide over here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I truly I love D and D for that oh, reason. It, it gives people a chance to play out of their own characters, but also part of themselves. Like it's it's a great combination of that. And I think playing with you guys has been a true fun yeah. opening experience of every character just getting to have fun. So I didn't mind. Well, yeah, <laughs> but what what one of one of my fun, favorite games that we play. Um, is is Dicedria alive where the three of us are a party. Yes. And I think our di- dynamic is just just exquisite. It's great. I don't think Jeff likes it so much. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be true. Is that true? That makes me actually happier if Jeff's he Jeff's here trying to put on a like, you know, semi-serious thing. Oh well, yeah, I yeah. Mean, he, I get that. He should be used to that by now. He should indeed. But, you know, <laughs> And if he knew me at all before inviting me in, if that was the expectation of me to balance the weight on the right side of that, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's like, yeah, who who can we get to make Paul and Ken more serious? Let's let's right? call Thrash exactly. <laughs> and like, that's you're exactly right about the dynamic. There's such a good like uh, bully, not like friendly bully, but also just friendliness of the rogue group. We're all playing honestly. Oh, this, yeah, this was the great. This was the great idea of this of this party. It was that. Um, is that we were, we were all villains. Um, exactly. We're reprehensible so, people. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm an assassin. Please, thrash. Questionable morals. Not villains. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm an assassin. Thrash is a thief. And Rave is 
doing something with bodies that we don't want to know about. <laughs> I'm a medical professional. <laughs> no questions asked. And so yeah, it's a it. Uh, I, I love that party, and um, uh, I have ton of fun. I have ton of fun with that game. Uh, I, you know, I wish it were more regular, but I wish all my games were more regular because I'm you know bad about that. I know what you mean. <gasps> Yeah. Wanda Smiles is one of the, the best bits I think we have running in a party. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, gosh. Um, so that's all I had to talk about today. So All right. Well, thanks for coming. Oh, it's been great. <laughs> Can I hardly let you speak? Please take the floor. <laughs> oh, I'm used to that. <laughs> mm. This brown and girl is really good. Nice. Oh, gosh. And your beer is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I got to go, guys. <laughs> also, this Van Morrison single is really good that I'm listening to. <laughs> Have y'all heard this song before? <laughs> oh, that, I, okay. So, like, uh, my um, uh, my my first ex wife had a bunch. Like, she was the oldest of a bunch of kids, and you know, like the youngest were like ten. And, uh, like one of the younger kids called us up so excited one day, like so pumped and that he had discovered this new band and he was so thrilled about them and just loved everything they did and was just calling to see if we had ever heard of Simon and Garfunkel before. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we've heard them <laughs> pretty, pretty good. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> 10 years later, no matter what year it was that that first originally happened, he calls you and has the same question about a uh, hall of notes. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's just going in order of well, music. Yeah. Uh, that's like one of my guitar students. It's a, it's a daughter father team. That's that I'm teaching, teaching both of them at the same time. Oh, sure. And the daughter is extremely musically talented, extremely. And, uh, and so she's been a lot of fun and, um, it's it's been it's been entertaining as someone is giving her really good music to listen to and and we we can't figure out where she's getting it from <laughs> but like she'll uh, like you know in in practice she'll she'll just be doing some riffs and she'll just she'll do some like acdc or or um or something like that um you know guns and roses and and we're like, why do you know that song? I, you know, she's she's like twelve, right? Right. And because her dad does not listen, like he knows it, but he doesn't listen. He doesn't actively listen to this stuff, right? And, and she's just, oh, you know, I heard it at school. It's like, no, you didn't. Who at school is playing this? Kids your <laughs> don't listen to good guitar rock. <laughs> Sounds like that YouTube channel, uh, Daniel Thrasher, I think it is. I don't he know that does, one. He's a piano player, and he does like a Ryan George bit where. He plays the student and the teacher. Oh, nice. And the teacher's <laughs> oh, like, okay, play some original music. Okay, so I just made this up. And he'll play, you know, a mass market song <laughs> only in a different key or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then his teacher gets progressively more and more pissed off. <laughs> That's pretty good. That does sound good. Mm. All right. That, okay, when I was very young, um, like, Sixth grade-ish, you know? All right, so let me get through this story, okay? Because you're going to have questions, and I'm not prepared to answer many of them. <laughs> uh, so I played keyboards in a Christian rap band, and 
the other guy, the duo, like came in with this with this rap that was magnificent. It was so good. And I'm like, where the hell did you pull this out of? Because this is great. And um, and it took me it took me a little bit of time to find out where he stole it from. But he had lifted every single word of it. <laughs> Thankfully, no one paid attention to us, so no one knew. <laughs> I love it. What was what was the name? I, again, I'm going to try and hold my follow up questions to at least seven. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the Christian rap band? <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, I kept the name of this band, and actually, uh, so the techno funk um, boy. Yeah, yeah, no, it's techno funk boy. Um, uh, so it became the name for. Uh, kind of a Christian rock band that I I did about ten years ago uh, called Certain Victory, which is a great name for a band. It's a great name. And um, the singer and I are going to be are, are working on recording some of our old songs because we had some great tunes, and he's a great singer. And so um, and so, yeah, I'm going to be recording all uh, you know all the instruments, and he's going to be he's going to be doing the vocals. So we're going to, re- we're going to release an album hopefully this year. Uh, if not, maybe early 2024. Um, but I'm really nice. pumped about it, but, uh, yeah, no, like, uh, it, uh, <laughs> that was like my first band name ever. And it's the only band name that I've been really, really happy with, <laughs> you know, here 30 years later. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, uh, <laughs> the first band I ever started when I was uh, 19 years old, was called witness the fitness and it was WTF for short. And it is still the most fun band <laughs> nice. name I've ever come up with. And also, yeah, it was just uh, the, you know, if everything you could think about Frank Zappa meets tenacious D type stuff, we were just all over the place <laughs> and we lasted about seven months. It was three people, but it was a great time. <laughs> oh man. The, now the rock version of certain victory lasted a very, very, very long time. And, um, yeah, it, it it was just one of those things where the uh, you know uh, it, the enthusiasm was there. Yeah, from everybody, but the rhythm section just they weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just they, and it was it was it was a skill thing, and they and they never got there. And so we we um, we never kind of uh, you know I have some old recordings that I'll have to I'll have to share, but. Um, you know, it was it was one of those things where like the the songs were great and the performances were fine, but they weren't where they needed to be. Um, you just so needed it was your... a hugely frustrating uh, thing because because I know like I know they wanted it. I know they wanted it bad, but um, they just never could put, pull it together. You just needed your summer in the Cavern Club to hash it out get good live. You know, it's funny. It's fascinating when I hear about things like that, where I think you, I completely agree. I've run into situations where I'm playing music with people who, if we had enough time or really had enough passion to, or in discipline to lock it down, we could sound really good live or on recordings, but it just wasn't there. And I think when I hear about bands like the Beatles dedicating an entire year to just playing hours of a day to get better and better in that kind of setting, or like, uh, Marky Moon, you know, Tom, Tom Verlaine, one of my favorite guitar players just recently passed away. But the the story of Marky Moon is they had played that live for like two years straight before they ever went and recorded it. And you can tell when you hear that album, like they just have the chemistry and you can't fake that. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, two of us in that band were in our thirties. I was one of them. And the other two members were in their forties. 
And so like we all had families and shit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like I didn't have any kids, but we were all married and, um, uh, you know, uh, two of the band members had kids and stuff. And so, you know, it's like, I, you know, we, we would love that, that see that season, like the Beatles where they just, they went and played clubs in Germany, you know, five times a day, every single freaking day, every single day, exactly. but, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, that's impractical when you have a job. Um, and, uh, uh, one of them, uh, actually two of them ran their own business, but what our drummer, uh, guy's name is, uh, Skip Hayes. That's Holy a great, shit. That's a great musician name, right? A great drummer name, but it's also, yeah, just a great musician name. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Skip Hayes. Frick it. Like when, when he wrote me and I was showing our singer, uh, uh Benji, the name, I'm like, this is a joke, right? Like, no, no, no. Legit. That's his real name. And I was like, Holy shit. That's a great name. Um, great guy, great guy. Uh, but he was, uh, he was running his business that was failing. He was the last mil- milkman in Houston. And, and so like, you know, he's getting up at like, <laughs> at like four in the morning doing deliveries and trying right. to be a rock and roll drummer at the same time. It's like, that doesn't work. No, I love stuff <laughs> like that. It's funny. I, it's not nearly as good of a drummer name, but Dave Orsillo was the drummer for witness the fitness. And we called <laughs> nice. him Godzilla because he could just, <laughs> he could kick a, a kick a drum harder than uh you know any monster conquering a city that we thought but we we had silly songs that we would play like uh, we wrote a song about macgyver because we were all obsessed with the show macgyver growing up so we just had this like uh, arpeggio metal riff uh where we would just sing silly lines like you know if you if you're stuck to uh if you're uh trapped in a well or stuck in a bench uh, all he needs is a monkey wrench macgyver that was basically like the whole rhythmic dynamic <laughs> of the song yeah and we would just keep coming up with escalated lyrics and everything and he would just get so excited but he really was serious about us just <laughs> committing to a sound and uh we always loved that because like godzilla was the the heartbeat of that band and even, no matter how short we lasted like he kept that silliness intact he didn't care what kind of song or what we were singing about he just wanted it to sound larger than life and i, I love that kind of approach so skip hayes sounds like a good drummer <laughs> that's a great name yeah oh yeah he's he, he's he's fun he's fun uh so and now i think i gotta write him again oh yeah i actually i still stay in touch with uh dave he's a, a farmer now he's a very he lives a very peaceful life he's got a wife and two kids and he just has like a little bit of uh farmland where he grows his own crops and stuff and he's completely out of music now but uh still a great guy <laughs> yeah Nice. Um, well, speaking of which, you you've been releasing music. Yes. Uh, it's, so for the first, uh, you got uh, it's another thing that I was really inspired by uh, getting to know some of uh, you guys through Twitch and and your own music, uh, like you and Maps and uh, and Vader and things like that. I just uh, put out. The My audience has ever. no idea who these people are. Yeah, it's fine, but yeah, it's I'm joking. Friends. We don't we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's close friends of ours who also make music, and uh, yeah, I put out my first ever album uh, a year almost a year ago in April called Horn Mountain. Uh, it was a just really explorational kind of thrash heavy metal album that I I really wanted to put out and and just felt inspired by the music you guys were putting out, and since then have continued to work on it and really uh, sought out your input on how things sound and, and especially the sound engineering side of things, which I've started to listen to music differently now that I'm, I'm actually making music that I want to put out. It's, it's a really cool process that, uh, mm. yeah, I've become completely obsessed with and I nice. uh, hope I'm working on a double album. Now I've finished the first half of it, I think with sea of clouds, but, 
uh, Ocean of Dreams is going to be, I think, a longer project because I want to make a Vaporwave <laughs> haunted mall <laughs> album. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been really fun just having that uh, freedom to put it out and just, you know, explore sounds and everything like that has been a new new passion of mine that I have always tried to do privately, but never really thought to even release it. And you guys kind of taught me how to do that. So it's been a really cool process. And uh, you are Thrash Putin musically. I, I am, exactly. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, good. Enough from you. Now, Ken, how's your week been? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, um, sorry, I got distracted by, you know, non-music related stuff. <laughs> My week's been all right. Pretty uneventful, which is to say I've gotten nothing done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did get some upgrades for my 3D printer. Ooh. Yeah, nice. Picked, what kind of, what, I picked you, up a flexible build plate. Okay. So, so it's a resin printer. So it's basically this aluminum plate that drops down into the resin tank and then slowly moves up as the, uh, you know, the model cures on each layer on the bottom of that. But when you're done, you've got to scrape the thing off the plate and not, you know, break the model in half mm-hmm. or gouge mm-hmm. the hell out of the bottom of your plate. So I yeah. picked up this magnetic flexible steel thing to basically put magnets on the plate and then it builds on the steel, which you just peel off and then give it a little bend and mm-hmm. it flies right off. Nice. Okay, cool. The uh, Man, instructions look- on Amazon are a bit questionable as to the, <laughs> you know, the um, translation. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. For instance, here's a good line. Strong adhesion. The resin steel plate surface is treated with special wire drawing, and the adsorption force is stronger so that the model can be better adsorbed. <laughs> I'm glad they're worried about absor- adsorption. <laughs> adsorption. It's <laughs> great. And then oh, this man. instructions for use, I can't even decipher it. Cooperate with the soft magnetic sheet to be ab- adsorbed on the hot bed steel plate. <laughs> cooperate. Well, just, just cooperate. Never got that word. It no, they never got like that word right. <laughs> cooperate with the magnet to adsorb on hot bed. <laughs> Fix it on the build plate magnetic heating bed platform with dovetail clips. And none of that is valid to what I have. <laughs> None of that is valid to the laws of physics or man. <laughs> oh, that's man. incredible. We need a superhero game. I'm, I'm going to have adsorption, man. Adsorption. Yes, you have to. Um, did I, did I ever, did I ever tell you that the, um, uh, my favorite, my favorite Chinese buffet when I was in, uh, growing up in Sugarland, uh, right by Texas, uh, right by Houston, right by Texas. Yeah, it's definitely right by Texas, right by Houston. Um, <laughs> They, uh, it's great, great, huge buffet, but, um, in the soup section, they had this sign up and it was like, it was like, you know, like a sign that they had made and everything. It said, be caution on hot soup. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I, I know, love like, stuff like that. I know that English is y'all's secret language, but y'all have so many white people coming through this place every day eating like while they're paying their bill or something can you like ask them like it was like hey does this make sense and you know some probably some assholes looking at it go yeah be cautious on hot soup that's exactly right thanks no 
<laughs> um, that that brings up one of my uh, favorite gimmicks to look up is like uh, what movies are called in China or like other countries that like translate the actual title of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And so like uh, Ghostbusters in China, I believe, was called the Superpower Dare Die Team. <laughs> Fucking A, uh, man. Boogie Nights is uh Boogie Nights is my favorite. It's his powerful device makes him famous. <laughs> was the title of that movie. So I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Perfect. Look it up. Look it up. Oh, that's great. Uh, it's incredible. That's, that's I think your story brings my point to a, a head because it's just if you can say things in a different way that is perfectly poetic and still captures the essence of what you're talking about, I'm here for it. I'm here for it completely. There was uh, there was a there was a blog way back in the day when episode two had come out, where he had gotten like a boot. He, this dude was like living in China, and he got a bootleg and was turned on the English subtitles, and he was just mm-hmm. posting screenshots of the English subtitles. But my favorite part was that the Jedi Council in the subtitles. Well, it, it, I mean, what's hilarious? Obviously, what's hilarious about this is that the movie's in English. Like you could just type out what they say, right? <laughs> But, of course, yeah. But they translated, they overdubbed it into Mandarin, and so this guy was, you know, some dude was translating it back. But the 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 Jedi Council, he kept typing out as the Presbyterian Church. <laughs> now, I actually am Presbyterian, so I yeah. wholeheartedly approve of this. I was going to say, I didn't realize that my family picked the Jedi denomination, and I'm very yes. proud of them for this. <laughs> I, I grew up Jedi. This is great. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Stephen He on YouTube? I don't think I'm familiar. H E. No. He's like an Asian American and he does uh, like various what it's like growing up with an Asian father. Mm. But he also does off brand products. (laughs) You got uh, seven up? Oh, yeah. We got the 11 down. (laughs) (laughs) Some pretty good stuff there. Yeah. Well, was that the was that the the uh, the ad adsorption thing? Was the that 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 was the upgrade you got? Yeah, yeah. So I can adsorb my model onto the build plate. Mm-hmm. I like man because I'm you know I'm looking at that house still with that extra room. I'm looking hard at those 3D printers, dude. I like right. Ugh. Like and especially because I'm going to have a home D and D game now. Yes, um, the versatility that, of yeah, exactly for tabletop yeah, and, especially. Mm-hmm. And I and I really I don't want like uh, like I found some like modular um, tiles that you can you know do all sorts of stuff with with three D printing, and so I could do that. Um, but I'm less interested in the tiles and and more interested in just doing like a circular battlefield. But just but having the minis there, I think yeah. that'd be so much fun. I completely so agree. I'm, I'm looking hard at it. Well, if you want to go minis, then uh, you want a resin printer. Mm, okay. If you want to do terrain, then you will probably want a FDM. Oh, good to know. Mm. I think yeah, I, would that, that's, I would go yeah, minis that, first. That, yeah, that's um, that's making my decision a lot easier <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I'd be tempted by terrain. Yes. But if, if they need a whole different printer... Then yeah, no, we're not doing that, right? Well, for instance, right now on my printer, I've got printing four cobalts, and mm-hmm. my cost was about fifty-three cents. Wow, for four models, nice. That's amazing. 
And they're properly properly adsorbed. So this is adsorbed. Like, yeah, they're being abs- adsorbed as we speak. Is that uh, fifty three cents properly adsorbed? Yeah, we'll we'll have to see see how the, the adsorption is going. <laughs> yeah, our title this week's definitely going to be adsorption. It has to be something. <laughs> yeah, I've got all four on the build plate right now. So provided they all come out, it would be you know fifty three cents for all of them. Nice. That's that's really good. That's cool. Yeah, so do you paint? Sh- do you do you paint yours? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not really good at it, but yeah. I well, I you know, I made a I made a dice tower, and it's it's freaking awesome. It is so cool, and like, and so I I started looking at videos on painting things, and like you know, especially like stone. It, it's a it's it's a lot easier to make stone look like stone than I thought it would be. Yeah, stone's not and, bad. Uh, and, and just like, you know, just, uh, like the whole concept of doing like a, um, a black wash on it that, and it just naturally flows into shadows and stuff. And it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. This, uh, this looks awesome. And I did not do a whole lot of work. Yep. And so, yeah, I think. Yeah. I actually have some army painter speed paint which is chemically designed so it goes on thick and then it shrinks. And as it shrinks it, the light color comes out on the raised surfaces and the you know deeper surfaces get darker. Oh, that's interesting. That so is it's nice, almost like yeah. a wash built in. Yeah. Things I haven't like, painted. Uh, skin tone, it works great. I haven't painted much, and, and I know what the black wash technique you're talking about, and I've unfortunately I painted my... Uh, war machine minis before I learned about that technique, they still look okay, but I really want to go back and maybe get a 3d printer for just for miniatures and, and try and, and go back and take a second take at it. I'll send you guys pictures on the discord later, but I mean, they looked very, you know, I don't know what I want to say bland, but kind of just whitewashed or like aged by time. So like, I, I think I know exactly what techno is talking about and what you're talking about when it, it adds that shadow naturally and very effortlessly. Like I've seen videos now that just completely enhance that. So I want to take another crack at painting miniatures uh, in that right way. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Uh, so I'm about to dive down that rabbit hole. I probably don't need to, but I don't need to do a lot of things I do. <laughs> That's true for all of us. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I, so Ray, uh, you were telling me that you're making notes on all the things to complain about. Yeah, I don't know as I have a lot to complain about. But... Oh, <laughs> as, yeah, we, I do have... as we hear, hear paper rustling in the background. Actually, I do have one thing, <laughs> and it's related to 3D printing. Okay. So, I am part, or was, spoiler, part of a uh, 3D printing group on Facebook. Yeah, specifically miniatures painting, ah, printing. Yeah. So on all the resin printers I know of, the build plate attaches to this arm that goes up and down, and there's a little knob you use to screw it on. And someone had posted that, oh, my little knob broke. How can I get a replacement? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I took pictures and stuff. And there were a ton of comments, like, oh, I just used another nut, and I screw it down, and I have my little wrench right next to it, so whenever I need to get the plate off, I use that nut. And all of these people talking about it. So, you're like, yeah, I really want to replace it, but I don't know where to get one. So I just commented, um, you all realize you own 3D printers, right? (laughs) 
And next thing I know, I'm no longer in that group. Oh, oh. It's like pointing oh. out like <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought you were about to I, I thought you were gonna say you got kicked out by saying that's what she said. Cause I would have done that a long no, time but, ago. But, <laughs> no, I just pointed out that you're looking for this replacement plastic part. That you can make. Yeah. You have a fucking three D printer sitting in front of you. Right. <laughs> that's kind of what they're for. Right. To go it's like a chicken farmer asking where to get eggs because they can't find it for breakfast. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure a while ago I got kicked out of a Disney group because I thought I was posting on uh, that other group you and I used to belong to, Paul. <laughs> See a stupid comment, so I respond to it. Next thing I know, oh, shit. That's not the group I thought it was. <laughs> Like okay, yeah, that that it's one of those groups that like every time I would post in that group, three seconds later I'd have a panic attack. I was like, wait, I'm, I was posting in the group, right? Did that go to my wall? <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, so that's all that's been going on this week. Yeah, my car's not fixed yet. Oh, did get the snowblower fixed though. Oh, good. Hmm. Then get a new uh, belt on there. Yeah, I got the belt on. I got the old bolt out. Buddy of mine had to come over with a torch to get it. Oh, man. I ran to the Harbor Freights and picked up a uh, bit extractor that didn't do shit. (laughs) (laughs) Of the five bits in it, I broke three of them in the first minute and a half. (laughs) Damn. Like, really? I'm not even putting any pressure on this thing. (laughs) Some things you can get from the hazard fraught and some things you shouldn't. Sounds like a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are planning a trip for April. Oh, yeah? Yeah, one of my wife's co-workers is getting married in Pennsylvania. That's okay, like eight hours away. All right. And, you know, she wants me to go. I'm like, uh <laughs> Okay. So I have to drive eight hours to go to a wedding for your co-worker. Really? Yeah, that sounds fun. We have come to a mutual agreement, though. Mm-hmm. So about an hour away from the wedding, we found a hotel with an indoor water park. Oh, all right. Wow. Heck yeah. So that's a score. I was going to say you're going to Hershey Park, but a hotel with an indoor water park is even better. That's well, where you're staying. You mentioned Hershey Park. I thought they were closed. Yeah. But uh, starting April 1st, they're open on weekends. Nice. Okay. So like. You know, we're only going to be about two hours away from Hershey. We have nice. Sunday available if we just take Monday off. Yeah, man, that sounds great. So we're planning on going to Hershey on Sunday. Nice. nice. All right. Save, oh, save this trip. Absolutely. So now I don't mind going to the wedding. Way to make it work. Yeah. Also, we're not telling the kid about either of these things. <laughs> just like we're going to a wedding and you must suffer oh so you're only telling about the wedding that's even better yeah. yes so we'll get to uh like friday morning we'll get to the hotel and like, well we can't check in the yet let's go to the pool <laughs> little do you know <laughs> that's great so that'll be fun very good yeah i'm trying to figure out when i'm moving so that i know when to take my first week of vacation it's kind of like a it's kind of like an amusement park, except without, you know, all the Rides. big fat people on yeah. on on scooters and getting your way <laughs> all the time. And food and fun. Yeah, <laughs> none I mean, of the, that. 
We'll have food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and probably better food than your average theme park. I was um, I was astonished at the number of people uh, at Disney driving little carts. Ah, yes. And I'm 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 impressed with myself that I didn't kick one of them over, not one, <laughs> because holy shit, they were always in the way and they're fucking annoying. Yep, that's certainly true. <sighs> so, can you actually figure out when you're moving without actually having a place? Well, okay. So as soon as I get the go ahead and get the like the the official documents from the court that the divorce is finalized, finalized, which I wrote my attorney about today, and he did not write back. We well, did. He said he was in court all day, and we're recording this as nine o'clock at night. He has not written back. That is the perfect go-to excuse for an attorney. <laughs> I know. Oh, and so. Um, Hopefully I'll know that very, very soon. But then um, as soon as I, like I have everything else in place. As soon as I get those documents, then I'll get approval for the loan. And then I'll be able to make an offer on the house that I want, which is, is still on the market. So we're going to see, but everyone, no one seems to be in a hurry except me. <laughs> and that's really annoying. Everybody's like, what's the hurry? And I'm like, I live with my mom. <laughs> I would like to be able to date someone at some point. Right. Yeah. They look chicks. Like, let me, let me explain something about women to y'all. Chicks are not impressed with middle-aged men who live with their mothers. I'm sure this is true. <laughs> it's bound to be. I'm still taking notes. Yeah. Thrash, you're a young one. Write this down. I have to. It's good to know. <laughs> but, uh, so dang, I, like I, I was expecting, uh, I was expecting more time to be spent on Ken's week. Thrash, how's your week? It's been good. Uh, I, speaking of my youthful nature, I just turned thirty-seven years of age this past Wednesday. So I did take a nice middle midweek day off work, which was really relaxing and peaceful. Exactly what I wanted it to be. Well, you're older than I thought. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that too because you've seen me on camera. So it means I must be doing something right. It has to be those breathing exercises, I think. Keeps you youthful. It certainly does. Uh, but yeah, I've, usual week of work, but a little bit of added extra pressure uh, for just new jobs being kind of thrown my way. Uh, I, for the listener, I work in IT. I'm a, a trainer for a, a bank uh, who just you know trains new hires to take phone calls and do all this kind of stuff for our purposes of resetting passwords, troubleshooting Outlook, all that boring stuff. But uh, that's been my main job for the last year since making full-time. But suddenly I've been asked to work on a weekly newspaper, which I've actually really turned into a fun creative project full of memes and jokes and uh, hidden, you know, subtle, <laughs> passive-aggressive uh, j- jokes about corporate and how <laughs> shitty they are. Uh, but it's that's been great. Uh, but also it's just apparently these, they're going to just throw a bunch of more shit my way next week where I'm going to have to start uh, doing – weekly meetings on uh, on up training and all that stuff but they are letting me do it my style so i i have a weekly newspaper that i work on called the green times and i'm gonna introduce a new new collector's issue next week called the green times after dark which is all comic book format so i'm very excited about the creativity that they're finally letting me throw at a very boring bank it job 
So any kind of jokes or memes you guys want to throw my way, I'll be happy to implement it there at work. But uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> wait, I'm wait. just... <laughs> Don't make promises that you ain't going to keep. <laughs> no, I will. Because I promise you. The memes I... <laughs> I have are not going to go into a bank newsletter. <laughs> you understand I've been working for the past two months on finding safe for work computer memes. And the only thing I can find online is not safe for work computer memes. <laughs> <laughs> like a guy in a dimly lit basement with a, a subtitle that just says, uh, you turn my software into hardware. I can't print that at work. <laughs> I want to, of course I want to, but I can't print that at work. But no, I've recently downloaded a comic book app on my phone where I'm literally using my own action figures to make comics for my own job. So, so I'm using <laughs> I'm using Skeletor and He-Man and Castle Grayskull to make literal comics about how someone shouldn't <laughs> like run a GP update or a clear reg in command prompt. It's truly the most <laughs> esoteric joke format I could possibly imagine, and I'm proud of it. But yeah, this has been an interesting week of work and growing <laughs> up. <laughs> see, this is why they're giving you more work, though. They're like seeing the newsletter. They say, you see this thing? He's making his own comics now. It's clearly true. He doesn't have enough work to do. <laughs> it's true. He clearly Here, give him this project. Not. Yeah, he's got plenty of free time. This guy, but it's interesting. I mean, I work an IT job that should be very straight laced. I'm just training people to take phone calls and troubleshoot computer issues. But my dad uh, was a newspaper man his entire career. From like 18 to 60, he was a reporter to an editor. So it's it's really cool to kind of have it one in my blood, but just like be doing my dad's job indirectly <laughs> at a computer yeah, no, IT job. It's very cool. No, it's exactly the same thing. It is. It has to be, right? <laughs> he was uh, he was reporting local news and murders and uh, <laughs> corruption in government. And I am p- finding the best Terminator meme where he can't read <laughs> squiggly lines because he's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same thing, and I'm going to win a Pulitzer for this. <laughs> I got no, to say, it, you know, it might save local newspapers if they did more memes. I think so. <laughs> God knows I'm holding on to my <laughs> demographic desperately. Uh, but no, I, I truly have just tried to bring the same kind of weirdness and silliness to my job as much as I can, and that has been a really cool outlet for it. Uh, but I'm afraid I'm going to show the thin line that is my real personality. <laughs> They're just going to fire me after an issue where I don't. I cross the line. I'm convinced right. it's going to happen. I'm so, I just I can't blur the lines too much. It's dangerous. <laughs> and this is how our company is funding pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> Thrash, we're going to need to talk with you. Really? What for? <laughs> Because, because I assume they call you Thrash at work. Oh, I, I oh, insist no, upon it. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> insist upon it. Uh, Human Resources refuses to change my Skype name, but they're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, okay, so I was trying desperately to get this performed, but uh, our registrar's office when I was in college was the worst, and. Now I went to college a bit before y'all and, but even so like (laughs) our college was behind the times Mm -hmm. and did paper registration, uh, for nearly my whole time there. And you know, this is, this is around the turn of the century. It's like most colleges had gone to computer by then. 
Uh, but no, no, no. We were still running around getting signatures on stuff, and they were just the worst. And they were, got so confused where they were like, you know, they were, um, you know, kind of uh, yeah, getting me, getting me the the credits I needed to graduate. And then, like, you know, like after the start of my last semester, they're like, "Oh, we forgot a course." <laughs> silly us oh, and God. stuff like that. And, yeah. and it was ho- like the whole thing. So, um, I wrote a long verse play that was based on Shelley's Prometheus bound. Um, or was it Prometheus unbound? Anyways, uh, I called mine Prometheus rebound and the whole thing was just mocking our registrar's office. <laughs> it was pages after pages of this, uh, you know, kind of literary parody, just making fun of my college. And I, we almost, almost were able to get a, a reading done of it. But somebody in our, in our English honor society, I think objected or something, but Aww. they ultimately didn't do it. But um, oh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And this is what I did my senior year of college. <laughs> I always love stories like that, though. I, I try and appreciate the National Lampoon route. You know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> the lesser traveled uh, joke is often funnier if you if you really take your time for it. But yeah, sometimes you really have to walk the right. line of uh, being acceptable in a work environment or otherwise. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm blurring that line too much lately. So I'll tread lightly. But <laughs> if I get fired for a beam, are you kidding me? I'm so proud. <laughs> right. <laughs> We don't have any sort of inter-office communications, so I don't have to worry about it. I like that, uh, Ken. I actually started it at my job in an office for the first three months. <clears throat> I started in December of 2019, and we got sent home in March of 2020. And it was only until the last couple of weeks where my manager actually changed me to be a telecommuter that I don't have an office to report to. So I could have very well had to return to an office this past year, but... Thankfully, it's not necessary, and oh, I would awesome. have said fuck that very quickly. <laughs> yep. I I don't have any pants that fit anymore. <laughs> exactly. All right. As long as you guys are cool with me, secretly playing Game Boy, uh, smoking a lot of uh, extracurricular activities, and uh, <laughs> maintaining my professional opinion of what it counts as an employee of the month, I'm fine with it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the carpet pissers did this. <laughs> I didn't realize Jake was chewing a hot pocket when he was training people almost the entire time. <laughs> hot pockets. <laughs> What's There's your a favorite great... hot pocket? The endless void. The endless void is absolutely it. Wait, is that one? Do I, why do I not know this one? Cosmic horror is a good one too. <laughs> yeah, my. <laughs> My favorite is Lovecraft macaroni and cheese is a great one. <laughs> They're all the void. That's the trick. Broken glass isn't bad. A little chewy, but as long as you cook it right. As long as the glass melts on the outside, it's still crunchy and shardy on the inside, no matter what. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I've been conducting uh, those meetings I was talking about for work this week, but I also had a tree removal going on like all week. And I'll send, I'll send you guys pictures of this too. Cause I think you'd find it interesting how they had to do it, but it was basically 160 foot like Oak that 
I just recently moved into this place like within the last year and I'm still renting, but someone had the audacity and the brilliant idea to plant a giant tree or basically build a garage extension to where the tree and the garage are neck and neck, like competing for the same territory. And my landlord told me – he just came by and was like, we have to remove this tree. It's going to fall on the house. And I was like, yeah, as long as you're paying for it. And he was like, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that. And I was like, sounds good to me. But the entire week of work, I've had to deal with like chainsaw noises, limbs falling. And I assumed it was all coming through on my WebEx audio. So I kept apologizing to my classes. I'm like, I'm sorry if you hear chainsaw noises and all this stuff. And no one knew what I was talking about. And I finally asked someone who was sitting in the class. I was like, can you hear any background noise? And they're like, not at all. So apparently the entire week, I've just been raising my voice over what is truly (laughs) decibel leveling, like like what is deafening to me. So I sound completely insane to these people. I'll just be like, there's no need. There's no need to use a GP <laughs> update. <laughs> like, why is Jake so mad at us all of a sudden? <laughs> this trader really doesn't like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he is truly angry this week. <laughs> and then he why asks, are you, you doing it like chainsaw? that? Yeah, I finally got called on it. They're like, we understand, Jake. You don't have to be angry. I'm like, I'm I'm not angry. I'm just talking to you guys. I think you might have someone <laughs> stuck in his basement. <laughs> What is he trying to cover up sound-wise? <laughs> this is getting suspicious. He's been doing it for hours. You know, that's the answer that uh, Charles Bukowski gave um, to people who asked him where he got his ideas. <laughs> he says, um, uh, from an 11-year-old boy I have chained in the basement. <laughs> I've tried that answer. It doesn't go over <laughs> very well with normies. <laughs> yeah. Lots of follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, quick fire on the thing I brought up earlier, which is the best Chinese translated movies. Here's three more. Pretty Woman is called I Will Marry a Prostitute to Save Money. <laughs> as good as it gets that is referred is damn to. good advice. <laughs> it is truly the best. <laughs> They're the better titles. I'm serious. Uh, as good as it gets is retitled Mr. Cat Poop. <laughs> and... <laughs> The professional is otherwise known as this hitman is not as cold as he thought. <laughs> that was three more of my favorite style of movie titles. <laughs> I searched for one on Roku and I just couldn't find them. <laughs> Keep hunting. Keep hunting. Gosh, that's, that's great. I wish we named titles like that. I know. It's way better. I like uh, okay, so like the Marvel movies are going to longer titles, but they're not nearly as cool as um, I will marry a prostitute to save, to save money. money. Clearly, well, exactly. the movies themselves aren't nearly as cool as they used to be. I no. completely agree. They're falling off. Yep, <laughs> big decline. So, do you uh, want to get to the questions thing? Yeah. Did you ever come up with your questions? I did. All right. Who's going first? So, Thrash, we're going to put you on the spot. We got some questions for you. Okay, I didn't realize you're going to put me in a mirrored room where I can't see the other side of the mirror, and there's a very bright light in my face suddenly. What is this about? <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Okay, there is no smoking in here, and uh, are you serious? You guys are <laughs> what? <laughs> oh come on! I'm already agitated in the first five seconds of the question. <laughs> I'm uh, my first question, I think it's an easy one, but there's a lot of nuance to it. Is do you cook? Oh, Ken, I'm so glad you asked this. 
That's why I, I asked reason. it. See, I'm so glad you did. And I, I spent a good majority of my life not cooking like a fool. You know, uh, it's the same satisfaction that I equate with. So uh, yes to no question, Thrash. Yes, of course. I no, started. no, I'm joking. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I spoiled it. Uh, <laughs> no, just like I've truly come to appreciate uh, a brick by brick Lego build, uh, any kind of assembly of something that takes more time than it does to enjoy it. <laughs> um, I truly have appreciated the discipline of cooking and the the nuance of it. You, I think you you said the perfect word. I am obsessed with spices, with different flavors, and also just like. Like I sent you guys pictures today. I love uh, grilling. I love uh, you know slow cooking barbecue and and meats and things like that. Um, I've become obsessed with food the older I get. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is that I celebrated my twenties with alcohol, my thirties with drugs, and my forties with food. Uh, I have mm-hmm. just turned thirty seven, and I think I'm I've eno- I've enjoyed enough alcohol and drugs to skip the line three years, and I'm, I'm now leaning fully into enjoying food. <laughs> jumping um, straight into that midlife crisis. Good for you. Forties, <laughs> three years early. I don't care. Next thing uh, you know, yeah. you'll be buying a Ferrari. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so no, I, I I'll just. Ex- I read a quote by one of my favorite writers, uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Junior, uh, who it was just a basic blurb about his wife asking him why he couldn't just order stamps instead of walking to the post office. And he explained it as the day you sit at your computer and order bulk stamps instead of walking to the post office and like seeing if a new dog that you've never seen or just waving at strangers and things like that. It's just new experiences and, and new flavors of life that have, have to be introduced to you to keep things interesting. I approach food the same way. I think you have to take care of yourself. And if you, if you have to sustain with uh, any kind of energy that needs to go into your body, you may as well enjoy it. So I try and approach every meal. Like I'm trying to blow my mind every time. And if I'm cooking twice as much in that regard. So I've, I've (laughs) come up with my own recipe for something called hamburger Jake's. It's a take on a hamburger steak that's cooked in Worcestershire and a spicy sauce with some grilled onions uh, a little bit of mushrooms and things like that. I've recently got into cooking international dishes like curry and uh, a, a Moroccan meatball recipe. Like I'm, I'm really going for it lately as far as exploring in the kitchen and just trying to please my belly. So I, I really appreciate that question. Uh, I'm obsessed with cooking as of the last two years. Nice. Well, thank you for your answer. It's going to be a long episode. Holy you, crap. Paul. Try and talk that. <laughs> That's a hell of a good question. Yeah, I, I'm sorry for the length of this episode, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to start with the shorter questions and go to the long ones that require explanation. Uh, but the first one is, what is your cell phone wallpaper? Oh, hell yeah. Um, so my cell phone wallpaper is, I have two different things. My lock screen transitions into my wallpaper. And it kind of uh, ties into what I mentioned about loving Lego builds and things like that. My lock screen is a classic uh, picture of like a Chrono Trigger group shot. Uh, It's one of my favorite games of all time. I love classic RPGs, concept art, uh, you know, just incredible uh, Akira Toriyama art of all time just some of my favorites so i have that as my lock screen but it transitions into once you unlock it the background of my phone the wallpaper 
is Chrono Trigger running on my analog pocket, which is resting on a custom built display stand that I made for $11. It's one of my favorite Lego stories I have actually. Uh, I, I really got obsessed with Legos again in the last year. I bought a Boba Fett helmet set that I put together over a few days. I have since then bought slave one and, and rebuilt his ship. Um, I've built a, a lot of star Wars Lego sets, but I, I looked up where the, the closest Lego store was. And it was like 40 minutes from my new house at a, at a mall in Raleigh, which is the capital of North Carolina, the state I live in. I, I ventured there. And of course they have plenty of, you know, uh, licensed property, expensive sets in the store. You can buy Optimus Prime, you know, Millennium Falcon, whatever you want. But there's a back wall where you can literally just grab a bucket and it's like a, a candy store, like a general store. You're basically just filling up Lego, like loose Lego pieces into a bucket for like, like I said, what I cashed out for $11. And I custom built my own display stand for uh, my analog pocket, which is now my phone background it's it's running chrono trigger the same game that is my lock screen on uh this handheld system on a custom display case that i built uh from just a wall of lego bricks and uh i it's one of my favorite memories of last year just venturing to a store with no concept in mind and truly buying loose pieces that i had no idea how they'd fit together uh, and it it, it kind of came together perfectly to the point where it's still like the, one of the prides of my desk it's a, just a custom project that came together. So it's, it's my phone background for that reason. I'm very proud of it. And, uh, it's a great memory. Very nice. Nice. This is going to be so long. I know. <laughs> I can <edit> it down. <laughs> <I'm right. laughs> All right. So I've got my own, knowing you live now in North Carolina, I've got my own guest to this. If you're even into this sort of thing, Heck but yeah. what is your favorite roller coaster? Oh, this is great. <clears throat> so, I think we North chatted Carolina, before and you are into amusement parks and that sort of thing. Yes, absolutely. And I'm pretty close to a few great ones that just growing up were, were quickly accessible. Uh, I think you guys talked about in your first episode back, uh, Disney trips. And uh, growing up, I had the pleasure of my parents taking me at like the perfect age. I was like nine or ten to go into Disney World in Florida. And uh, we had a weird day pass. It was like it was an off season trip where we had like uh, this extended ticket. We're staying in the uh, frontier land in a great wood cabin. Like it was just perfect, perfect trip that I remember. But we also had like access to the park when it was closed to the general public. I rode Space Mountain <laughs> uh, thirteen times in a row, and I think like Paul talked yeah. about. I think Paul <laughs> talked about it like. Space Mountain in the front row is completely different than oh, it's any intense. other place. Yes, because of the the setup. Like if, for those of you who don't know, and I think Paul described it perfectly in the first episode of uh, the Return of Tuesdays Suck. It's just a dark room that you are truly at the whim of gravity and the design of the track. And if you're in the front row, you have no idea what that is, and it's mesmerizing and it's overwhelming i think you guys both perfectly put it when you were like your kids were, were very overwhelmed by it at first but at the, at the same time they were like that was awesome i want to do it again uh we got to go in a day pass and i rode that truly like over and over again in repetition in succession within like a 40 minute period one of the best one of the best moments of my life 
That's but at the same time, I'm very close to Carowinds and Bush Gardens. And I think Bush Gardens might have my favorite roller coaster of all time. And I hope uh, I can remember the name of it properly. It's like, I don't want to say it's like Big Bear, but it's the same type of thing. It's a wooden track uh, in Bush at Bush Gardens. And there's a few at Bush Gardens that I really like. But the, and I'll have to look up the official name, but there is a, like the old school, I think it might be the Wolverine, but the old school wooden track coaster at Bush Gardens, I think is one of the most atmospheric, beautiful views. I was the perfect age. I was like 12. It was like a one hour drive. And, and after that, I, I went there twice. I went there once as a 12-year-old kid, and then secondly as an 18-year-old in high school with my girlfriend at the time, Alice, and we had a great time. Uh, there was also like a Area 51 sci-fi alien coaster that we rode on that <laughs> Alice left her... She didn't feel like riding it at all. She left her bag in a cubby and wandered off, so it was truly one of my first like terrified memories of losing a person that I had arrived at a theme park <laughs> with who just actually incidentally went to the bathroom without telling anyone for about 20 oh. minutes, so uh, true panic, but I think uh, if I can remember the all the experiences of every roller coaster I've ever gone on, it has to be Space Mountain. Uh, that was the best of all time, and that is my favorite roller coaster. All right. And, uh, uh, looks like Bush Gardens, I assume Williamsburg. Yep, Virginia, exactly. The only wooden they have is Invader. So uh, they may have shut down this since because yeah, I haven't been be to Bush Gardens in uh, probably 15 years. So I'd have to look up. I think it was either called the Big Bad Wolf or the Wolverine. It was something like that. But that no, was an right. old. Even then, it felt rickety, and it was very dangerous. But I think it was called the Big Bad Wolf. Let me Google and see if I'm making this up. Now, <laughs> Carowinds, have you ridden Fury Three Two Five? You know, I've been to Carowinds, but I've never ridden that coaster. I don't know if I've been since it opened. Ah, like dying to get there just to go on that ride. Oh man. Oh, so yes, uh, it was called the Big Bad Wolf because I think, like also Ken mentioned. First of all, it is safer to uh, travel to a amusement park than ride the rides. And secondly, Big Bad Wolf is definitely the name of the coaster I was thinking about. It was part of the Oktoberfest section of Bush Gardens, and there was a death on it. It's since closed, uh, but it was open to the public in, on June 15, 1984, closed permanently September 7, 2009. But Big Bad Wolf is the exact one I was thinking of. Really fun, rickety wooden coaster that apparently killed someone. <laughs> fun yeah good stuff and paul for the future can you get guests that are less fucking philosophical (laughs) (laughs) okay guys uh, my first and last appearance has been really fun i really appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) our our friend jen who has been mentioned before um you know mentioned to us that you know that um uh, she really liked space mountain too and had t-shirt of space mountain uh, to which I replied that I also had a T-shirt at Space Mountain. Of course, it was just all black. You can't see anything. <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah. That's why I repeated it. I was proud of it. <laughs> okay. Tell me about... I'm worried about this question because yes, no questions. He's going off like five minutes. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm going to try and answer this question in like five <laughs> words or less. Just to make up for time. <laughs> I want to know about some early internet personality, video series, whatever that you got obsessed with when you were first getting on the internet. 
This is such a good question. And I, if you can, if you want me to leave it at this, I'll just say E bombs world and we'll carry on. The next I'm question. just, you know, <laughs> no, we, we're, 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 jo- we're mostly joking with you. I know. Of course it's the whole dynamic of dice and dreary alive. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to lead into it. No, I'm going to, because I'm saying this because I'm going to ramble even more, but yes, E bombs world was, uh, I think the, the perfect formative age, for discovering the early parts of the internet and how it could be irreverent and you could have soundboards of just the most random sound clips and things like that. I think that was the first collection of truly irreverent, irreverent humor I remember locking onto and latching onto in the internet age. Uh, of course, there were plenty of GeoCities homebrew sites that were hilarious, but uh, and I wish I could remember the exact one, but there was one that was like obviously satirical, but this guy was obsessed with the show Felicity, but he was also going through a, a bad breakup and it was just like a geo cities blog of truly one of the most tragically funny life stories I've ever come across. <laughs> but that was the more obscure side of things. I think E-Bombs world and uh, Homestar runner were my two first big like internet yeah. humor. Um, Things that not many people were exactly were talking about, but my kind of friends were, and was, uh, that was that was a huge thing for me. I was trying to show my family some uh, strong bad emails a couple weeks ago, and they yes. would have none of it. <laughs> oh, so good! I mean, formative years. The whole, the whole reason I thought of this question was I was thinking, uh, and I occasionally would go back on on YouTube and watch Cute with Chris. Um, which is this Canadian actor, Chris Levins, who did like this, you know, cute pet show, but he's super sarcastic and not overly appropriate the entire time. Yes. Oh, I love this. This uh, oh. and they're they're hilarious, but looking back on it, it's like, wow, the video quality is so bad on these early, like, you know, like first years of YouTube videos. It's funny you say that uh, just by the context of what you're talking about, but there was an early web comic series that I became obsessed with that I haven't thought about in forever by Chris Onstead called Akewood. And I don't know if either of you ever read it, but it was basically about, you know, just not even about anything in particular, but he wrote about his cats just, and they also could speak. And just say ridiculous things, but it, it led to ridiculous plot points of the cats having irresponsible neighbors and and people who just came from circumstances. And one of my favorite quotes from it, it truly does remind me of Letterkenny in the way it's written. It has its own diction and own comedic style. Yeah. But all these cats kept chasing this rat named Todd. And they finally got inside the rat hole. And Todd had a miniature rat-sized van that had a bumper sticker on it that said, if this van's a knockin', I'm doing Coke to dockin'. <laughs> and I don't know why I just remembered that, but I love Akewood so much. And that truly still is one of the funniest web comics I've ever read in my life. And is also an early part of my internet humor. Yeah. That's great. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> that is an easy one. What is your favorite mass market adult beverage? So no oh, micro brews or anything. Yeah, let me pick a favorite here. This is a this is a great one because there's plenty since I've I've turned the ripe old age of 21 plus, and it's given me plenty of time to explore the the flavors and dangers of adult beverages. <laughs> there have been uh, I, I think feel you feel like this reflects life when we yes just oh it absolutely does. 
And a good thing is, is I think Rave even brought up one of these. Um, I was a huge fan of the the very short lived era of booze plus energy drink. Hmm. And yep. I think that it's a lost art for a reason. I'm sure they had plenty of class action lawsuits that killed <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of kids and adults alike. But I remember bringing it back to the witness, the fitness days when we were writing songs like MacGyver and uh, another great thing. Uh, it reminded me of oh another witness, the fitness song that we wrote <laughs> very uh, drunk on these types of drinks. It was called sparks at the time. Uh, it was an energy like fruit soda alcoholic beverage that was perfect for a 20 year old aspiring comedic music writer. But literally just, we drank an entire weekend of these, uh, these drinks called sparks. And we wrote about six songs, MacGyver included, but also uh, Ken, I think recently had to Google on this very show. If Japan gets snow. And I think he even made a joke after giving a lot of accurate historical information about the weather of Japan that he was going to Google Bangladesh the next week. Uh, While we were drunk on this drink called Sparks, which is a hybrid energy drink and alcoholic beverage, we wrote a song called We Googled Jordan. And the entire lyrics of that song were what the Google results of what the nation of Jordan represented politically and historically uh, in like two verses. And it was the easiest song we ever wrote because we truly just drank, (laughs) smoked a bit and put a Google paragraph into lyric form. And it was like, can Googling Japan or Bangladesh, we Google Jordan. So for that reason, my favorite alcoholic adult beverage that I've ever come across is Sparks, rest in power. We can't get it anymore. It killed plenty of people. <laughs> Not myself. <laughs> Glad to be talking to you today. And uh, yeah, it led to some very silly songs. And for that reason, it's my favorite. I do actually have a web page up right now with Bangladesh information. Nice. <laughs> yes, I knew I would pull it out of you. Go for it, Ken. <laughs> no, we're not done questions yet. No, come on. Hmm. This lamp's getting hot and I can see you guys through the mirror. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> tell, tell me about the li- the best live show you've seen. Oh, wow. That's a great one. Okay, so uh, my dad pretty much put me on my forward trajectory of being obsessed with all types of music. Growing up, I had vivid memories of listening to anything from the Beatles to, uh, you know, Rolling Stones to bands like Nirvana, you know, just the complete range of of late 80s and early 90s music was introduced to me early on. And also that kind of exploration led me to keep trying to find new sounds in my life. But because of my dad, I have to equate my greatest live show as the last show I ever saw with him before he passed away, which was Palmer, Robert Palmer from Emerson Lake and Palmer as a, a drummer with a, a, two, a three piece set that just played incredible music as an opener to Todd Rundgren, who played an even better set as an opener to yes. Uh, yes is the greatest live show I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was unbelievable. It started raining halfway through, but they still played the entire show, including, you know, like roundabout, but also things from close to the edge and just every single thing they could think of. I think in that set was perfect. And then, you know, I, th- that was the last show I ever got to go to with my dad who since then has passed away from colon cancer and 
truly just left the best kind of musical influence on my life uh, to to just keep pursuing new sounds and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, best live show I've ever seen is Yes with my dad, uh, with Todd Rundgren and Robert Palmer opening. Uh, it was about six years ago and it changed my life. That's awesome. Very cool. Kind of a downer though. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, <laughs> I wish my dad hadn't died for this podcast, but he did. So we got to deal with it. <laughs> um, thrash. Was it you that I was, uh, I was, uh, I was saying that we needed to get, um, Ken to tell the meatloaf story. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll segue quickly into it. I think the story that brought this up was the fact that my dad was obsessed with Elvis Costello and office often talked about how he saw Elvis Costello in the attractions, uh, live where they had a big wheel of songs. That they would just spin and uh, play whatever it landed on. And I think that that led to techno, uh, sharing a, a memory where <laughs> meatloaf had a giant book of songs that you yeah. may have, pulled one from so I'll, t- I'll let you take it away from here ken if that is true yeah that was on a previous episode of tuesday's song nice <clears throat> yeah basically it was the vh1 storytellers tour and meatloaf was up there and answering questions talking to people and he had his big his you know book of songs up there and he told the audience like yeah you know we've got plenty of time so i'll take any requests you have but it has to be some of my music. I'm not doing a fucking Beatles anthology up here. <laughs> that was a good show. And what did you request? Oh, yeah. I requested <laughs> uh, Blind Before I Stop. Never heard it? No? No one? No, no, I don't know that one. It's actually the name of an album. It's a title song. Oh, wow. But he wasn't happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd give me a dirty look while he's flipping through the... Music sheets. The rest of his band's looking around like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but they found it. They played a couple of verses. And he finished like, there, I promised. I played it. Now someone get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the story, which was like, yeah, the, I hope that was not apocryphal. So I'm glad that was the, the rain true. That's amazing. It's great. Yeah, That is so a, good. There was another guy that like stood up and he was rather over exuberant <laughs> talking about how fantastic his wife is and how much she loves him. And yeah, she's the queen. And he's like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. She's my queen. <laughs> like you're okay with this. Just giving the guy a hard time. That was good. Nice. That sounds like a fun show. Yeah. Um, what the hell is all oh, paradise by the dashboard light. They bought, Brought two random people up from the crowd and had them reenact the song. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's great. <laughs> so you get two people that don't know each other. And, okay, yeah. Go ahead and climb on top of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's one. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to have to exclude Legos because you've mentioned it several times already. I, I'm a sucker for it. So what is your proudest physical project or a thing you've built thing you've repaired got to be physical though none of this digital shit okay see i appreciate you i appreciate the distinction because uh again you've already heard my answers to this point so of course i have an answer for both digital and physical but i'll <laughs> i'll focus on the physical so um in ninth or tenth grade for whatever reason we had a pretty like a uh, pretty hippie 
principal at our school and for he he was the one coming up with our uh, student trips we would get a one student trip every year for our high school and it, it usually was going to be to like a you know historical location or somewhere we could, where we could learn something but this guy uh he wanted to send us to this isolated mountain retreat in North Carolina called Turtle Mountain or Turtle Island actually and it was basically Oh, what could be considered a commune, but it also was a very <laughs> yeah. good functioning, uh, I don't know, just like full on farm woodcutter station. Uh, they had like a, a amateur blacksmith going. It was very much like no technology. Let's live in and, and, and explore the beauty of nature and everything. And, and one so, of the children sacrificed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It had to be okay, yeah, cool. some, some dark backstory there for sure. But for whatever reason, they, they just let us, you know, take the week to uh, pick a project that we wanted to work on. And I got to do uh, woodworking. And I basically, a, at the age of like 15 or 16, took four or five days isolated in the mountains um, to just kind of whittle away at uh, what I eventually made into a cutting board a uh, soup spoon, like a, a chili spoon and a ladle. And it took a long time for like, I, I try, I basically achieved half of those projects that I had <laughs> anticipated. So I, I ended up with a cutting board and a soup spoon, but honestly, the, the age that I was, I think I was, I think that was the first time I'd ever been forced to live uh, outside of technology for that amount of time. And it really did make me appreciate the mountains, uh, living simply, and also just kind of sweating over a project. And I still have that soup spoon and cutting board to this day, and I'm very proud of them. So I think that's probably my my most proud physical uh, thing that exists in this world. Very nice. Nice. All right. Thank you. What's the best Dungeons & Dragons class? So I would... I would argue bard because that's how I live my life. Yes, it's the bard. I'm a very horny <laughs> musical man, and I, that's how I, that's why I say bard all day. Um, and I really do believe that in the right hands, a bard can be one of the most dangerous and unpredictable types of character to play. That's what so I think that is probably my answer and the one I identify the most with. Nice. All right. I love my bard. Yeah, if it's only a great. I were in a group that. You know, I realized I was like, you know, the bard. Yeah. <laughs> Thresh says yes, as though he's not in that group. Yeah. Yeah. No, good luck with that. <laughs> well, you were there last session. That's true. They're like, well, who should do the talking? Who's got the highest charisma? Like guys. And Jeff's the paladin. They, I yeah. think his was like yeah. 16. Yeah. Like, um, you, you realize I'm like, you know, a bard. <laughs> right. Like silver tongue. Come on. My lying to this guy is like plus 10. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I need to finish prepping that game. Because that's tomorrow. I say, and there's, so, there's silence, which is making me worried from two players <laughs> who's supposed to be there. <laughs> oh, I'm playing uh, is that tomorrow? Well, wow, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you sure? I'm preparing for it. I'm, I'll be there. Thank you guys for letting me ramble. <laughs> if, you, if you're not going to ramble then we have to <laughs> I may as well put in the work right <laughs> wow. 
Exactly. I showed up. I'm going to talk. <laughs> so I just checked on my print, and it was a almost total failure. No! No! Is it a cobalt melted orgy? What happened? Uh, only one of the bases printed. Oh, no! So the oh, rest God. of them are yeah. going to be stuck as a glob on the bottom of the resin vat. I'll have to clean that out. And it's going to just... Yeah, that, that's unfortunate. Why does it do that? Yeah. In uh, this case, it didn't stick to my... Or it didn't absorb into my build plate, apparently. <laughs> Great callback. Are we still recording this? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. We are. <laughs> nice thing about resin printing is like that 53 cents. Yeah. It, I probably use, you know, pennies worth of resin. So I just clean that out and start over. I mean, it seems like the investment for 3D printing is just the initial. Like, that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah, the oh, resin okay. itself is pretty expensive by the bottle, but you use so little of it that right, like the bang for buck is there. And you can get a decent printer for two hundred bucks. Mm. Wow, Hold nice! On. I have to change my dating profile name to Bang for Buck real quick. I'll be your back, <laughs> and I'm back. Wow, seven hits already. <laughs> oh, okay, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Probably all dudes, but if you're the yeah, guy, you know, that's okay. Yeah, no, I got to change my filters. We'll get to that after the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, sir. While I am flattered, I appreciate your offer, but no, sorry, I'm talking, thinking out loud, typing out loud. <clears throat> all right. I've got one more question for you. Oh, I love these questions. Hell this yeah. one I had planned on like, you know, four questions that'll be, what the hell are you doing? Who, me? I don't know. One of you. I'm eating. I'm eating. Oh, it's not me. I'm hungry. Oh, good. Because there's nothing annoying about eating on. I thought you were playing with bubble wrap or something. What the fuck? I want some. (laughs) Yeah, I'm listening. I'm I'm listening with bated breath. That's gonna be. That's gonna be like. That's gonna be one of our episodes. It's just a bubble wrap episode. (laughs) We will get so many friggin' listens on that. Oh God, yeah. (laughs) If I can be invited as a featured player on that, I'd just love to participate in that kind of catharsis. I'm already whoring myself out for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I had planned on four questions that'll be pretty static. And then my rotating question. Oh, yeah. And this was my upcoming trip. Gave me the idea. So what is the worst wedding you've been to? (laughs) I love this. Or it could be a family trip if your wedding doesn't apply. I mean, I have an answer for both, but the wedding is the one that strikes the most uh, resonation and uh, thing in my heart. Uh, my dad, as I described before, is a newspaper man for life, uh, from from out of high school to college to retirement and death. Uh, he was uh, just reporter to editor all the way through. If you, I'm sure you can imagine in that career of uh, almost forty plus years, he met quite a slew of characters. And his sports reporter, uh, I won't. I'll, I'll change the names and faces of the uh, the participants to preserve their, you know, hump <laughs> anonymity and otherwise. Uh, but Steve one of Carell. his sports reporters <laughs> had a wedding uh, that was. And this is kind of a joint story with two employees, but it, it won't take long. He had a wedding that was scheduled f- for a summer of 2003 or four, which if you look up the uh, weather reports, we got struck by a gigantic hurricane. Now this sports reporter was obsessed with the UNC Tar Heels and he wanted, he took over his wedding planning. 
like his no matter what his wife wanted or his fiance wanted he wanted it to be carolina blue uh and just like representing his sports team the entire way so i was like 12 or 13 show up at this wedding that is just one of my dad's employees it's first wedding i've ever gone to and everyone is pissed off like the the entire atmosphere of the sitting in the 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 pews waiting for the wedding to start is just <laughs> tense. And even as a kid, I could recognize it. Like people are just kind of like looking back and forth and like the wedding doesn't seem right and everything. Uh, he, he comes in first in his uh, completely Carolina blue tuxedo uh, circa dumb and dumber, <laughs> which uh, was an incredible look. He looked like he was basically ill. Like, and honestly, it looked like he was on his first day at kindergarten, but he had inherited his third grade brother's clothes. Like the suit was way too big. It was not quite <laughs> stop making sense. David Byrne <laughs> talking heads level, but it was comedically big. And uh, the bride never showed up. Not a single <laughs> wow. second. Uh, took went by where everyone was just kind of looking back and forth and uh it was the first wedding i'd ever gone to my mom was like this is <laughs> my mom who is a, a very wholesome and just like tries to make things make sense to her kids it's like this is church but for people who love each other and are going to be you know unified by the love of god and everything and so it was a great preface to walk into and then just the the silliest most dysfunctional wedding bride never showed up um, halfway through the dad of the bride stood up and was like, where's my daughter? <laughs> like just like literally making a wow. scene and uh, stormed out. The wedding got uh, interrupted. And then the next day we got struck by a hurricane in North Carolina uh, where we got flooded in the town I lived in. And another one of my dad's employees had to move in with us for two weeks and sleep on our couch with the CPAP machine. So, <laughs> In Goodness. summary, my first wedding, bride never showed up, no one got married, flooded the town, and we had a giant man living with a Darth Vader breathing uh, mechanism <laughs> attached to him in our house for the next two weeks. <laughs> you can tell why I'm 37 and I'm single, eligible, bla- bachelor. <laughs> Ladies, apply as necessary. I hope that was a short enough answer. <laughs> That was a good one. You guys have picked the perfect questions, honestly. Like these are all true. Like you're you're pulling out the best memories of my life. Speaking Next. of which <laughs> speaking of which, I, I completely failed on a fifth question. But at some point we'll get my mother on Please. here to tell the uh, story about her sister's wedding. Ooh. So wait, uh, did did you ever find out where the where the girl went? So I asked my dad and basically they had fallen apart. Like this was later when I asked him, I was like, so the, the Eric wedding, like whatever happened there. And he was like, Oh no, she was cheating on him the whole time. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And he was like, but yeah, basically she was, uh, pretty dependent on finding the, uh, the, the biggest hook to support her for the rest of the life as far as uh, going fishing goes. So Eric was not the, uh, the fisherman of her choice. And she found a bigger ocean, had <laughs> a bigger hook, and moved on uh, in literally a weekend that also flooded our town. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I definitely don't have a fit. Yeah, my, <clears throat> I don't remember all the details, but I know my aunt's wedding, uh, two members of the party, the bride and the groom, all ended up in the ER at separate times. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Wow. 
how wait do you know like what injury or circumstance led them to going there or i don't oh yeah but it's all completely separate injuries that's better flavor for the story though someone (laughs) fell in the pool fell in the pool is all i need to know yeah (laughs) that's awesome i think someone stepped on a nail people are crazy man (laughs) that's what i've come to learn uh, i remember my cousin's wedding it was it was like it was extremely poorly timed wedding like it was early enough in the afternoon that you you didn't have lunch before it but it was it was late enough where you were really hungry you know yeah oh uh, yeah and and so um like i can't remember but like the the like the the service like started at like 11:30 or 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 12 and so everybody was just like, okay, we'll just wait for the reception to eat. And the wedding was fine. Um, the, uh, the reception hall was a very long way away and the map was not that good. <laughs> and so that was a difficulty. Um, but once we got there, like all the food was out, but they were guarding the food. Cause it's like, no, you can't eat until the bride and groom are here. <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. There's an open bar. Um, which is a bad idea. Yeah. No, food no one has eaten lunch and <laughs> there's no food. Yeah. There's not even, there's no snacks. Like, like there's part of the, there's part of the, like the, the table that are clearly like snacks, but they wouldn't let, let anybody have snacks either. And, and then time was just going by and, and it was a very long time and people were starting to get really annoyed. Um, about about this and and like I mean, you know if we hadn't been you know open bar <laughs> we, we might have been like worried uh because it's been so long but no we were just all super annoyed and so finally we we saw we see the bride and groom drive up and then they come in through the back and there's some like rooms in the back for like changing and stuff and they're like yay all right and people are starting to kind of line up for the food because that's all we care about. Oh, yeah. And more time comes goes by. They don't come out of the back. <laughs> and no, now, now later we find out that, like, um, I, I can't remember if it was on her dress or his tux, like something messed up on the clothes, and they were trying to fix it. Um, and it just took a long time. But we were all like, are they... Are they back there? Like, you know, because we're really hungry and we're all waiting. They can wait. Um, but then they finally come out and the uh, wedding coordinator like leads them around the room to talk to everyone. All the while, we're like, seriously, we just we don't care anymore. Just we're very hungry. We want some food. And then they got in line first and the wedding coordinator like demanded to serve the bride. And so... It, it just kind of became a, like on every dish. It was just like, you know, oh, would you like some of this cheese now? I, I, oh, yeah. Okay. So we have this kind of cheese and this kind of cheese. And <laughs> these cheeses were, you know, were, are very fresh. And they just, we just picked them up this morning. I was like, oh, oh, you don't. Oh, okay. Well, we won't have any of that. But so, so what's the, you know, what's next? And, and it's just like everybody's lined up behind them. And the the line is moving so slow that it's clearly going to be like well over an hour getting through this line. Oh God. Yeah. So I just left and went to Whataburger. 
yeah. smart, <laughs> tactical. Yeah, you made the right call. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, no doubt. Now, um, the groom was uh, a drummer for a Metallica tribute band. What and he had a and he had a cake that was you know like. Like cake bossed into like a little drum set. It's pretty rad. <laughs> that is rad. I thought that was pretty great. What was the? Uh, do you know the name of the Metallica cover band? Uh, I do not know. Okay, I'm just always curious for cover band names. <laughs> I saw a great Led Zeppelin cover band in college uh, called Zoso. They ripped. Yeah, that's a good cover band name. Like they really did tear the house apart. I told you the uh, the cover band that I wanted to form just because of the name, right? Mm-hmm. Collapse of Coherency. <laughs> oh, they're, I'm, they're not defi- gonna be in a, I'm not going to be in a band called Cock. <laughs> they're definitely midgets, the opposite of They Might Be Giants. <laughs> no, well, it's, it is They Might Be Giants co- uh, uh, tribute band, but it's a um, – uh, we would be called uh, They Might Be they might be dwarves standing on the shoulders of they might be giants. Oh, that is the bet. That is way better. Though. Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that. I, yeah, I, mine is a punch down. That's that's the gold <laughs> standard. So I need to learn how to play accordion or something to start this thing. <laughs> Going back to Weird Al territory. <laughs> this is right for parody. Well, I saw in the movie. I was inspired about. Uh, you know how much the women like the accordion players, so yeah. Oh yeah. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, any other any other area that we want to cover? I know we talked a lot about Kyle Brink last week, and we uh, do we need to bring up his racist rampage? Um, I didn't catch I guess, any of that. Oh I just, gosh! I just watched the Jenny D interview, and you could tell. Like 90% of what he said, he knew he was full of shit. <laughs> uh, okay, the last thing I'd up. like to bring up, if this is my last time as a guest, which I imagine it is given the amount of time I've taken up. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. I would love to be <laughs> a returning guest anytime you will welcome me. This has been a full blast. I hope I haven't talked too much. But I would like to shout out Shaw Brothers uh, martial arts movies. Everyone go check them out. They're the best. I've been obsessed with them in the last few months, and uh, that's what I've been up to. <laughs> yeah, Shaw Brothers, uh, Shaw Brothers movies are are great. I've had I have several several less than you do, and I'm very jealous. Yeah, the box sets have been a, a true godsend because that's that's all I've ever wanted. But yeah, I I truly hope everyone can find <laughs> joy in a Shaw Brothers movie. I know you can. <laughs> There's one out there for everybody. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I know it's a little cliche, but, um, uh, 36 chamber of Shaolin. Oh yeah. Pretty much still just one of the greatest films. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, no, it, it, okay. It was, it was hilarious because before I got into Kung Fu movies, when I was in high school, I was very active in speech and debate. And, um, it, you know, sometimes we just get random prompts for movies and this, one um uh this one guy like had seen that movie and was tr- trying to describe it and um he 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 thought it was dumb which 
just proves how dumb he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, I realized halfway through of watching this movie, it's like, wait a minute. That's the movie from high school. This guy hated that. And so <laughs> like there, there were certain parts like when, uh, when he tries to sneak into the final chamber and they just, you know, like throws up his hand and knocks him backwards. Um, uh, he, he had kind of acted out that scene. And so I was like, I knew that was coming <laughs> because I, of the I speech and debate thing. But yeah, it's, it's some of the best storytelling, I think, visually. And uh, I can never get enough of training montages and things like Five Elements Ninjas, where they're just truly capturing the greatest of fight choreography with uh, some mm-hmm. good classic storytelling. So that's <laughs> my final shout out. And again, this has been such a blast just hanging out and talking to, with you guys. Uh, I appreciate you letting me ramble. And this has <laughs> been the highlight of my week. Well, oh, thanks. Thank you. Glad we can entertain. <laughs> no, this has been uh, this has been good. We uh, we have any other any other thing we needed to cover? Oh, I need I need to read that. I need to hold on. I got to read the quote. So Kyle Brink is the uh, executive producer of Dungeons and Dragons. We mentioned him last time. Um, we thought he was a bot. I thought he was a bot. I absolutely thought he was a bot. We all uh, did. He uh he's not a bot. He probably should have been. Um, <laughs> it's better now that for him to be a bot. Now that he's doing interviews, he's not doing anybody any favors. Yeah. Uh, but the uh the thing that he said in in like uh the Jenny D interview with him is that video is fantastic. Um, well, it has Jenny in it, so of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> but but she like she 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 plays the interview on a topic, and then once that topic is over, she'll she like cuts in herself making commentary about it. Uh, and it's, and it's pretty good. And I liked how she started it out saying that when I talked to wizards and Watsy, I told them that I have full rights to use this, edit it however I want. And you have no rights to it whatsoever. Yep. Like that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Respectable these days, especially this with is my OGL. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, but his interview with the, with the different, and I can't remember which one it is, um, with a different one where he's talking about diversity in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, he says, um, there have been mistakes made in years past where people assumed that D and D players were all, you know, white dudes in a basement, which has been a faulty assumption for a lot of years and gets more and more false every day. And so in my viewpoint, honestly, guys like me can't leave soon enough for this hobby, hmm. um, which I wish people like him would leave, leave as well. But, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, it's not the problem that's like, hey, you know, we're growing and this is great. It's, it's that it's like, no, the white guys need to leave um, that I have a problem with. And uh, Kyle Brink is also white. Coincidence? coincidence yeah. i think not <laughs> so um yeah they made him that like they uh i i he, i know he did several of these interviews and i know a couple of them have been released already and um he's not doing a he's not doing a great job but um that was the other thing i i was reading an article today and, and i asked a, a buddy of mine who's really into magic he's like oh yeah no this is happening um on the magic, the gathering side of things, uh, Wizards of the Coast are, are like torching their relationship with their customers. 
Like they're 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 trying to over monetize everything, like in Dungeons and Dragons, and the players are getting increasingly pissed. And so it's not just D and D. Which is the which is the coast is um is just destroying all of their all of their fan base. It's funny I played Magic more than D and D, and I just got into D and D thanks to you guys in the last uh, year or so. Uh, back into it, but you're everything you said is true. I mean, they're they're coming up with more releases, more gimmicks about how cards are going to be outdated. I have cards in my collection that have increased value uh, in the last two months. That actually, I I'm happy for it, but I can tell it's doing it from a side of corruption and not for the right reasons. And they're monetizing every single corner they can and every single card they can. More sets as much as possible, more crossovers and it's just losing the plot. Like they've, they've truly lost the essence of what made the game great. And that's what makes me and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of millions of other people disappointed in this situation. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, and that's been the thing. It's like, you know, D and D has had a, a, a great several years lately. Yeah. But that it has not always been so. And there's been a lot of lean years for Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of lean years. But the strength of the magic has always carried the company through those times. Yep. Where, where they can kind they can kind of you know not make a ton of money on Dungeons and Dragons because they're doing so well with Magic the Gathering. But if they're if they're pissing off the fans on both fronts, like Wizards doesn't have that much else. No, I mean, they've lost the plot. They truly have. They they truly have lost what made the community and the deck building and the just exploration of what it could be to play those games. They've lost it, and they've truly tried to monetize everything, and it shows more than ever. And look at the trickle down. I mean, your average FLGS doesn't survive by selling board games. They're selling right. CCGs. You know, anytime someone goes in there to play, you know, they're going to buy a few packs mm-hmm. and you get rid of that and the local game store's history. Oh, that's like, um, I mean, my, uh, in, in college and right after college, my local comic book store, um, and I, I, and it wasn't just magic, the gathering, they did all sorts of like tournaments and they had all the kids in there with Pokemon and stuff. And like every single time, they, I mean, they they were just ta- like the whole place was tables, and every single time a kid would lose, uh, they'd go up to the counter and get get a card, get uh, you know, buy a new card, buy a new booster. Yep. You know, every single time there was a line of people there, and it kind of it kind of got to the point where it's like you know we're here for our Wednesday pickups for comics, and he, you know, and he was always nice to us because we were great customers, but. Um, it's like they they were they were caring less and less and less about the 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 weekly comics uh and more on these games um and if you know yeah that dries up it's like that's that's their bread and butter yep it's it's not you know, like you said it's not board games it's not comics it's not uh, especially now it's not comics uh cuz the comics aren't selling um it's uh it's you know kind of this this con- constantly building decks uh, type of approach. It's funny, like you mentioned in a previous episode where you guys were talking about the OGL license and uh, and just how it's a community of of people who have 
been programmed and passionate about catching every loophole in the rule set that there is. And it's so fascinating to see a corporation play against that kind of community and the community start to win and have more influence in a public setting. And I, I find it refreshing on the the side of the voice that the community has tried to, you know, put out there. But at the same time, it's just it's it's such a clear indicator of how the market controls everything and how it can truly corrupt some of the greatest things ever. I think you said it really well in one of the last episodes where D D has not been on under the radar as much in the last years as it has been recently for this reason, yep. but people being able to customize it, you know, Rave uh, Ken just asked me a while ago, what was my favorite physical creation that I brought in this world? And it was a, a soup spoon and a cutting board, but my favorite digital creation I've ever brought into this world is a homebrew water deep prologue that is a hybrid of die hard and metal gear solid and it truly has an enemy called liquid hans and it for anyone to try and take that away from me as something that i could come up with is just baffling because it's the platform that they presented to us in the first place and if they're going to keep heading this direction i think you're right pathfinder is going to take back over i think pathfinder has a, a head in this game uh, that is making them even see them on the radar and just say, we need to redirect our decision-making. But WotC needs to change course fast and needs to change the overall environment and feeling of their their product fast because they're quickly losing faith in people like us who are their most diehard people. We can, we can make what we want of it, but they're trying to take that away from us. No, thank you. And make all the monies. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, of course, with Dungeons and Dragons, we have the advantage that you know, if I if I stop buying anything today, I have all the books and everything that will last forever and can be played. You know, right? But now, in kind of the unfortunate thing with uh, with Magic is that there's such an incredible turnover. That's you, you my know, least favorite part. That you're. You know, you you get you get good cards, and a couple of years later, they're they're just gone. And like eighty percent of my collection has been phased out in the modern game. It doesn't mean they're not worth anything, but they they're unplayable as far as meta and current leagues are concerned. And I hate that. Like I poured my soul and sweat into those things. Like they shouldn't just be phased out that quickly. Yeah. Myself, I was never worried about you know what's legal and what's not. Yeah. But I got tired of playing against people that spent thousands and thousands on their decks. It's like, you know, I'm doing this for fun, and you're, <laughs> you know, clearly into this. Yes. Like, I played against a kid from high school we'd met back up, and it was like, uh, I think it was Hatred, which is Sacrifice X Health to give target creature plus X damage. So he dropped that and a couple of black lotuses in turn one. Oh God! He's like, okay, so I got one turn, and then you win. Like, was yeah. that fun? I mean, exactly. Like, it's truly turned to pay to win, and I think that's exactly what we're talking about. The problem being, and, and that's what I hate the most is it. It used to be about booster drafts and a, a set lasting for a few years, and you could just kind of throw in cards where you want, but it is truly turned into exactly what you just talked about, Ken. <laughs> just pay to win, get a deck, you win in the, the least amount of time. 
it's because you you bought it or otherwise you've earned it in that right. I don't know. It's it, they. I I hope they feel some form of satisfaction, but it's not the way I play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite way to play was always you take a bunch of cards, shuffle them together, put a big deck in the middle, and everyone draws from the same deck. Yes, the chaos of it is the and best then part. Just you know, screw around for a couple hours. See, this is where I had the advantage that um, uh, while all my friends were dorks um, in in high school and college, none of them were like Dungeons and Dragons or or Magic dorks, and so even though like I had bought like a starter pack to try to find somebody to play with, I never actually could. So I never learned how to play because of that, but that probably saved me a lot of money. That's a great call. <laughs> the money saving yeah. is a is the biggest part of that. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it, but uh, you know, they were all comic book dorks, right? So I spent a ton of money on that end of things. Yeah, no, I get that. Oh, still worth it though. No argument here. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, is this we it? solved oh, the world's right. problems? Oh, did I? We did, we did, didn't we? I felt like we solved all the world's problems. That was very cathartic for me. At least until (laughs) next Tuesday. Right. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, This has been a true honor. It's been great having you on. Thank you. I've had such a good time. Even if you fucking talk too much. I I, I fucking talk way too much. Our next guest is going to be finished so quick. We're like, (laughs) we have a lot of stuff to fill now. Look, if you ever need someone to talk for way too long, I'm here for you guys. I promise. Oh, you know what? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing to say. There's always one more thing. <laughs> well, I also like, had four more things to say. Go ahead. <laughs> Everybody was reaching for their phones like, oh, good, the episode. Oh, wait, no, it's still going. Um, <laughs> so... uh it, podcast i very much like uh and i've been on a, a few times um uh the the backlog breakdown yeah um and i did a i did a special episode on it on like vampire survivors for it and you know i've been on talking about Baldur's gate and stuff and had a lot of fun with them they're a great podcast but um they're they're currently doing uh, a backlog draft and this is where um you list 10 games on your backlog and everybody else involved in the draft votes uh, for, for three of those and the top three you have to play. Oh, I love this. And you have to at least give it a good hour, you know, and then if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Right. So I started playing. Um, I started uh, uh, playing tales of symphonia <laughs> for this. And, um, I like, I had told them about this. I, I told like everybody in the drafts, like, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm gonna actually be streaming this. And so, um, I can't remember. I, I think y'all caught or uh, at least caught part of part of the stream of me trying to play this horrible game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I caught most of it, including, yeah, I won't give away the ending, but continue. <laughs> well, I can I find out later. So like, I'm, like I've had it, I've had it up to here with this game. Like I don't mm-hmm. like the combat system. Um, you know, parts are interested, interesting, but it's just Final Fantasy X, you know, plot, and a lot of it's real dumb. And I'm 
I'm just tired. And I reached this point where like everyone I talk to is giving me tutorials on some, and, the, and they're not worded well, and I don't understand what they're talking about. <laughs> and then I think they're done and they're like, now I'd like to talk to you about something else. <laughs> So I find out later that like a, a couple of people from the draft tune in right at the end. Like they tune in to hear me going, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I basically joined and- like the second Tales of Symphonia stream. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before Techno? Where yeah, it was yeah just it was like, a couple days ago. That, that's, yeah. that's the one. That's the one. And it was incredible. Like there was these like stupid little vignettes. And I have to agree. Like Techno's right. This game is not aged well. It's it's not good. It's 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 fun. Arguably, it, it can hold against the test of time. But with the games that I know Techno has already played, <laughs> yeah, it stands no chance. And it was just so funny to like literally just join a stream where in five minutes, my good friend is like this game is stupid what <laughs> this is stupid as hell all right i'm gonna find let's go raid jeff this is no i'm done with this this anime yeah. vignette this is the dumbest shit i've ever played in my life <laughs> he was so I have, mad i've never seen techno like this like i have rage quit maybe three games in my life right okay i am not a rage quitter i'm not uh, either I, like i mean i've stopped playing games you know it, it, but but it's but it's not it's not out of a rage quit. <laughs> I, yeah, like, <laughs> and it was just the, the, the funniest thing. Cause they were coming to me the next day. And it's like, yeah, join your stream. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did, I did put in at least an hour in that game and it is done now. And, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you gave yeah. your hour. You, it's like community service. Yes. That should honestly count if you haven't gotten your 24 hours towards your job's uh, class time or uh, oh training. Gosh. It should count I still have that last three hours I got to do. Okay, um, that's good. But, well, it should but count I have that. Yeah, I have I have a month and a half to do that. You got this. Uh, but holy smoke, yeah. So starting KOTOR next. Yeah. And Knights of the Old Republic. I know I like that game because I have played a good, good chunk of it before. You said you never, never finished it. it though, right? I never finished it, no. So that's yeah, why it's on my backlog. But I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna start from the beginning. I'm not gonna I'm glad. Um, uh yeah, uh, and uh so I'm, I'm pumped about that. And nice. We'll start that and uh, Yeah, I remember reading, I think it was Map's comment, like, oh well, you just have to get through the first fifteen hours. Fifteen hours, good. right? Like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? <laughs> he, he he was joking, but that is uh, right. that honestly that, that is a JRPG thing, though. It is. But it's not as apocryphal as you think. That is. That it's close be. to the amount of time that it often takes as an investment. But yeah, it was. It was a <laughs> lighthearted but very accurate comment. See, that might right. be a new JRPG, but we yeah. grew up in the golden age. Where, you well, know, yeah, that's like the last JRPG I played was my replay of Final Fantasy IV, which has just of one of the. Time. Oh, yeah, it's so one, good. and 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 not only is the game probably the greatest of all time, but it's the opening is yeah. wow. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a punch to the gut right away. It's an action movie set piece. Dun- it really yeah, is. The, the first like, dungeon is great. Yeah. Everything about the opening of that game is great. It's the first fifteen the face. hours of that game are intense. And what's funny is the maps joke argument is <laughs> it takes 15 hours to get good uh i think there's plenty of rpgs that can yeah prove uh contrary to that 
<laughs> oh, but yeah, of my of of the of the people from the draft who had played the game, uh, even they were like, yeah, like all the thing they say in the tutorials. Those tutorials didn't help at all. They were no, they're just, not at all. They're really bad, and and we kind of figured it out as we went. But yeah, uh, that was that was that's not my game. I get it. I respect that. <laughs> It was also really fun to see you get so mad at it. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. Oh well, yeah. Like uh, I've been on a couple of streams where maps have gotten mad at games, and, yeah. and those are entertaining for a little bit, and then you start worrying about them. Uh, I was hoping, like, oh, yes, I was trying exactly. not to get to that point. You know, you know? what? It's it, you. You brought up a perfect point. It's a golden ratio. There's like thirty. Yeah. Per, there's thirty percent of ranting about a game where you're losing your mind, and then God, that other seventy percent is truly concerning if you care about a friend. <laughs> Gosh, did you did you watch the Vader kid, uh, uh, the Poppy thing, Chapter Two? Stream? I retro. I, I caught the last ten minutes of it. I I actually came in when he was quitting, and then I watched the clip of what he was talking about when he gets scared when he holds his forehead, and then I watched some of the vod. And yeah, yeah. It, I, that's oh. truly. I don't think I could ever justify why I pick the games I play more than what maps in Vader play <laughs> on stream. I, I couldn't yeah. handle. It. Like, I mean, it's just one section of chapter two of this poppy time. I forget the name of this game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Um, that, uh, okay. So the, the, the thing is, is like there's, there's just all these creatures that are coming to kill him. And he's in this big room. And the room has something like 25 holes in the walls. And, and he has to, uh, you know, see where the monsters are coming out of and then shoot his hands into that hole to pop the monster and push him back. And, and so he's just, you know, he's just looking around this room, trying to, in a dark room, trying to find these, these creatures. And I think he said like, he died in that room like 30 times, 30 times. Yeah. And like after about six, I was in the chat going, dude, dude, like this is, this is ridiculous. This is this, brutal. Yeah. Right. Please stop. And, and he, 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 I mean, he, he did great. He, you know, he, he kept going, but you could tell, you could tell he's like, this is like, this is not good game design. This is bad. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I was impressed that he kind of held, held it together as much as he did. Cause he was getting, he was getting pretty angry at it. Um, I, I agree. And I honestly, that's what I love about uh, your tales. The symphonia stream is that you could tell you were holding it together, even when <laughs> it wasn't apparent that you were about to flip out. And then the flip out was completely justified and also just very cathartic. I loved it. That was the last straw. It was like, I had gotten, I finally got into this new town and gotten through all the tutorials. So and, fast. And it and wasn't I, and during I any combat. It, that was my favorite part. It was literally after a stupid anime vignette of like just two characters talking about well, yeah. some horribly casual plot point. And you were like, this is dumb. This yeah. is stupid. I don't care about this. <laughs> well, it was it was after I got to that town. I'm like, oh, here's a random passerby. Let's talk to him. <laughs> after I'd done several right. tutorials, I talked to that guy. He had like three tutorials for me. I'm like, <laughs> you're a passerby. What are you doing? And then it's like, oh, here's a little anime. Anime scene amongst the party. It's like, 
oh, you've got to die game. I hate you. That's one of my favorite things is I, I have this vision of, of how certain RPGs start. And if you do your job right, you're you're loading your bag full of helpful items like potions, uh, spell scrolls, whatever you need to, to combat the, the dangers ahead. Uh, if you're playing a clunky game like what me and Techno are talking about or what also a lot of games have become, it's basically just like loading rocks into your rucksack for the first 15 hours of a game like Maps talked about. And yeah, once you reach a certain age, fuck that. There's no point. There's oh, no yeah. point. I ain't got time for that anymore. No, like stop putting rocks in my bag. I want to enjoy myself. <laughs> fuck off. And honestly, again, I don't know uh, how long this is going, but one of my favorite things about your guys' podcast so far is you haven't come up with a, uh, a sign-off yet. Two of my favorites wow. have been fuck off. Th- thr- get- Thrash is like, is like okay, no, 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 we were supposed to be done 15 yeah, minutes we're, we're ago. out of here. <laughs> I'm just suggesting Stupid whatever Paul happens 45 minutes from now there's get lost <laughs> there's fuck off but one of my favorite things is uh, are you still here I think that's a great idea oh, just gosh. bring that back Thrash do you watch Critical Drinker oh I don't think I have no I don't know if I know oh, okay. absolutely <laughs> must watch Critical Drinker oh yeah good good new recommendation I love it yeah okay so Critical Drinker is um, a, a, a YouTube personality who does movie reviews and that are extremely well thought out, but his character is a drunk. Oh, I love this it's, Scottish guy. Hell it's, yeah. It's one of his older reviews, but start with his Black Panther review. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'll definitely start there. And, um, uh, you know, with, with, uh, <laughs> Uh, lots, you know, lots, lots of, uh, you know, uh, callbacks and stuff. He, he is amazing, but, um, that, that's why he, uh, uh, he ends his, he, he goes, um, <laughs> he comes to it and he goes, go away now. <laughs> go away now. I love that. Yeah. It's a great sign off. And yeah, critical drinker. I've written it down, made a note. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm also going to forward y'all a, a, um, cute with Chris video. Nice. Uh, Cause I, yeah, I missed that show. Again, I was only bringing up the side off as a uh, a flash in the pan for what triggered in my brain. If you want to record another hour, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was all I wanted to talk about. I was gonna I was gonna update y'all on my Mission Impossible rewatch, but oh, uh, I want to hear that. Well. Invite me back. <laughs> yeah, we've been here for an hour longer than I wanted to be. <laughs> this is why Ken will never agree to me coming back. I'm sorry I answered so long. I love you guys. This has been a pleasure. It has been a blast. It's been an absolute yeah, treasure. Good yeah. Good one. Um all right, we're gonna be back in two weeks. Um we being me and Ken, not Thrash. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. We we will we will ha- we will have Thrash back. Yay! Um, I don't want to be uh, permabanned. I'm not but, trying but to take I, over, but yeah, yeah, this has been great. Yeah. I do think we have a guest next week, though. We're con- yeah, I'm confirming. Know, anytime you guys want to invite me, I'm Ken, here. Ken does not know about this guest, but Clearly I'm confirming. So who is it? Um, well, I can't say, because if, if it doesn't happen. All right. You can tell me privately. <laughs> you it's a toy maker named Blinsky. What's the I couldn't resist. I had to do it at least one time. And then next week, chowder. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have to say, I have to say, like I I I did a clip. So uh for people listening, um uh Blinsky is <laughs> Thrash's character from 
Jen's game. Hello. And then it, it kind of became so famous that he started joining us on Dyson Dreary for our annual Dyson Cheery Christmas special Woo-hoo. as Blinsky. And so for Dawn of the Necromancer, which is another game we do, um, <laughs> Thresh and I hatched a plan that that Blinsky would find his way into this adventure. And um, we didn't tell anybody. But I... I, I did I, I clipped uh, I clipped part of the episode where um, the moment where Jen realizes who you're playing. Yes. It, it was it was so good. <laughs> I love that blend. And honestly, it's just anytime there's a secret Blinsky involved, I'm there. Just, <laughs> just coming in. Secret Blinsky. That's that's our new band. Ken, learn an instrument, we're secret Blinsky. Um <laughs> Ken is in. You heard it here first. He's he's no fl- fun. He's no secret Blinsky. He's no secret fun. He's no secret Blinsky. <laughs> Gosh, it sounds like a porno. <laughs> I hope this whole thing I might sounded be in like for that. Porno, and I mean that for the bottom of my heart. You two are in it. <laughs> yeah, my dream porno doesn't have either of you guys, but this has been a dream porno for me, I have to say. And it that's has a kid above you guys. So that's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We're going away now. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>